welcome to the Get Fit with Jodell podcast. I'm as usual Jodell. And what if you're looking for some natural energy and you really need to harness it, but you're not sure how? Because we could all use a little bit more energy in today's world. And it has to be harnessed the right way with the right resources. And that's why I've invited back on Erin Knight because she has a good idea about how to help you harness that energy. And she wants to enhance your life with um, this idea of taking care of your body, balancing your blood sugar, making sure you have adequate amino acids coming in. And there's an easy, simple, and quite delicious way to do that. So hi, Erin, welcome back onto the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. It's a pleasure to talk to you Yeah, I love what you did there. Good idea. (laughs) Yes. Well, you guys do have a good idea. And that's why I want to keep promoting it because it's something I I never put a podcast out if I'm not using the product myself. And this is something that I love to use. In fact, this good idea that we're going to be talking about is just a natural way to get your minerals, your amino acids, and your um, some actual key things to help balance your blood sugar. And if you're doing those things, I believe your, your body's going to have a good idea about how to continue running efficiently in today's stress world. So let's dive right into it. If they missed our previous podcast, they can go out and check out the backstory of Good Idea. But I wanted to first talk about the benefits of why this is so critical that everybody could look into this Good Idea and utilize it for themselves, especially with regard to amino acids, because amino acids are the building blocks of every cell of our body. So potentially everybody listening to this can benefit in some way. Tell us how. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and today we're going to specifically talk about hormones, blood sugar, and how good idea might help with that. But for anyone listening, whether you are struggling with hormonal control or not, she's right. Like amino acids are the building blocks of everything in your body, as well as all your muscles. You need amino acids to be able to build lean muscle. And if you don't have a significant amount of lean muscle built, then your glucose levels are going to be higher because that muscle is responsible for taking the blood sugar out of your body. And it's actually a great way of keeping blood sugar and hormone health going. So um, I wanted to start by talking about blood sugar in general to kind of level set um, and talking about how high blood sugar levels leads to insulin resistance, right? We talk about that a lot, but insulin's a hormone, right? High insulin actually equals more testosterone for women, more estrogen for men, kind of reverse there, right? Uh, and, and roughly one in 10 premenopausal women are struggling with something called PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And I want to talk a little bit about that. I want to talk a little bit about um, menopause and, and the imp- impact of blood sugar control during that phase and the importance of it during that phase. And then for people who are not, um, you know, premenopausal working with PCOS and balancing hormones or going through menopause and working towards that, how it helps with just general wow. wellness too. So I'll start with that. I mean, wow. if you are looking to have good skin, um, I actually, before my blood sugar journey and, and figuring out how important blood sugar was for my personal health and my mental health, which you can hear about on the last podcast. Um, I also had really bad acne and I had no idea that that was connected either. And I'm going to send a uh, Jodella photo so she can show you just how bad my acne was before fixing my blood sugar issues. Right. And I thought, ah, oh, it's just probably stress. And that is a factor too, but stress impacts your your glucose levels and, uh, glucose increase high levels of glucose, high levels of blood sugar increases inflammation throughout your body. Right. It also 
uh, has a process called glycation. When blood sugar is high, glucose oxidizes your cells, destroying, um, destroying your cells, creating wrinkles, sagging and acne, right? So even if you aren't necessarily going through some sort of hormonal concern or trying wow. to pinpoint that and figure that out for your, your personal wow. health journey, it's good for general skin health and general health of all the cells in your body as well. When your glucose levels are stable, there's less inflammation in your body. You feel better. You're more energized. Your skin looks better. It glows, right? Uh, all the things that we want there. So I would say for, for everyone, that's one great benefit of balanced blood sugar. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you brought up the skin piece with regard to blood sugar, because I don't think people think about that. I don't think, you know, they think about like, oh, I don't want to become diabetic, or I don't want weight issues with too much of the fat storing insulin, or I don't want, you know, any number of things that blood sugar is controlling, but skin, they don't always think about that, but it is so imperative to not aging as quickly. And you'll see that in people that are diabetics, their skin looks very, um, porous. It doesn't look clean and clear. They're having a lot of that glycation that you mentioned, and you can actually see that on them. Whereas when I've seen people reverse diabetes, I've seen their skin clear up. I've seen their skin look younger and maybe even some wrinkles go away. So there is a big piece when it comes to blood sugar and skin. And then also with acne, like you mentioned, because this the blood sugar regulation also affects our hormones. So tell us about why, why it's important to balance your blood sugar with regard to your hormones. Absolutely. So blood sugar, it's sort of, we think of sometimes health as like, if I do this, then I'll get that result. And it's a linear perspective, right? Like if I put this topical cream on, it's going to make my skin better when really there's so much under the surface that's imp imp like impacting our skin health. Right. And those things are often bi-directional. So with, with glucose specifically with blood sugar, when your blood sugar is high, it spikes insulin, which is a hormone. And when insulin's high, it spikes androgens in the body. And for women, that looks like testosterone or estrogen dominance. Um, androgens, I'll be more clear here about androgens. Androgens are the reason we hit puberty, right? Androgens play a major part in our reproductive growth, but also uh, in our overall health, right? Um, now, both genders produce androgens, um, men specifically. I mean, testosterone is one of those. Um, but when it's kind of messed up and dysregulated, we see a lot of fluctuations with different things. So for women, if you have high androgens or testosterone dominance, you're going to see probably um, sometimes male pattern hair loss or growth of hair in, in parts of the body that are more, um, you know, like male hair growth in the face or arms gets darker. Um, uh, you'll see more acne, oilier skin, um, lower um, sex uh, binding hormone globulin um, that also has a bi-directional loop with, uh, creating more problems with the hormones, you know, when that's, when that's low. Um, so for women, when you, when you have low sex, um, hormone binding globulin, you're actually going to have more dump of estrogen in your body and you can actually become in, uh, estrogen dominant from having too much testosterone. So it creates this loop, right? Um, and so for the treatment from doctors, usually that is, uh, oral contraceptives, putting more hormones into the body to regulate other hormones, uh, topical creams or anti-androgens, which block androgens from receptors in the body. Uh, but that's not necessary. I think for a lot of people, um, if we look at the root issue and we get down to the basics, right? What is causing the high levels of androgens generally is 
lifestyle based. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously there's some, some other factors out there, but why not start with the natural path of let's get the basics under control and see if that improves things. And that's kind of what it was for me. I mean, I didn't have PCOS. My, I've had a cousin who's had PCOS and other members of the family with hormone issues, specifically thyroid from my mother, my grandmother. So there's definitely hormonal issues. Like in, we could consider it hereditary. Um, but, but for me, I always just had really bad acne and what I thought was anxiety, as we talked about on the last podcast episode. Uh, and once I saw on my blood sugar chart, like when my blood sugar is high, my stress levels are high. When my blood sugar is low, I'm feeling sad and moody. I actually originally balanced out my blood sugar for my mood. I had no idea that it would also impact my acne, but it did. My acne has gone and makeup free today, as you can see. <laughs> um, and I had acne for years, uh, and I wasn't on birth control. Um, so I know some doctors say here, take this birth control will actually help you with acne. Mm -hmm. Um, for me this is over a decade ago when that happened, I actually started getting acne in weird places. <laughs> and it, instead of it reducing my acne, I got acne on my chest, acne on my back. I was like, what is going on? This was supposed to help with my acne. Mm -hmm. um, so for some people, it doesn't necessarily fix the problem by adding more horm hormones to the, to the system. Yeah. Right. So that's what I would say for, for premenopausal women, uh, looking to reduce, uh, either, risk of PCOS or symptoms of PCOS, I would start with the blood sugar because the blood sugar controls and, and regulates the insulin, right? Yeah, there's so much to 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 have a really good feeling about when it comes to balancing your blood sugar because yeah, you're going to feel good, but things are going to start to look better and you're going to notice a difference with your hormones if you're like if a woman's cycling, she's going to notice a difference with her period whenever she's balancing out the blood sugar. If you're trying to have more energy like we talked about like harnessing that energy every day and trying to get through workouts better, balancing your blood sugar is going to do that. You're not going to have these highs and lows like you were mentioning. And so there's a specific way to do that and resources that we have available that we need to have on hand to do that. And so I want to jump back just briefly to the amino acids, because there's a lot of controversy with amino acids or BCAAs in general of just, just taking in BCAAs. Some people are saying, oh, you don't want to take them in because you want to get it naturally from food. But I have a lot of clients that don't take the time to eat food. So I would rather them get a good source of branch chain amino acids, since this is stuff that we don't make naturally, we need to take it in. And so I really find that it's beneficial if people will at least use BCAAs if they're not going to get adequate protein or they don't have a good source of amino acids. So I really wanted to talk about what have you seen with uh, on your end, being a scientist, working with this company, the studies or the science behind supplementing with BCAAs. Absolutely. And I'm happy to talk about the controversy there even too, because I've looked into that myself. And what's been seen is people that have type two diabetes have elevated levels of amino acids staying in their body. And generally your body would metabolize amino acids. So seeing these high levels of amino acids in people with type two diabetes was concerning. But if we look at it and look at their diet, my curiosity is, are they eating enough amino acids and proteins that their body doesn't need to hang on to those for dear life, mm -hmm. right? And we've seen similar with glucose for people that are long-term carnivore, they'll have higher levels of blood sugar. Why is that? Why would their body spare blood sugar and make it higher? And sometimes in some cases, high as a pre-diabetic. Mm -hmm. That's because they're not eating it, right? They're not eating enough 
Um, so their body's holding onto it because gluconeogenesis and the process of creating that glucose in the body of a person who's carnivore and not eating any carbs, it takes some time, right? And if they're going hard at the gym every, you know, five days a week or something like that, their body is already kind of preparing. Like I'm, a, I know I'm going to need high levels of glucose for these exercises. So we're going to elevate the level that's free within the body ready to be used. Right. That's my theory. Now with, uh, people who are type two diabetic, I kind of feel the same way if they're not eating enough healthy proteins and they're not getting enough amino acids in their diet and they're, you know, more on a Cheetos and Oreos diet, then they're probably, their body would probably need to hold on to those because the amino acids are the worker bees of the body. They build muscle. They help with metabolic function. They help with clearing out junk in the system. Like they're very crucial for the body. I would consider them like the worker bees. As you said, they're responsible for building all the cells and all of the muscle in the body. So how, how does a hive function without enough worker bees? You got to hold on to the old ones instead of, you know, letting them, the, letting the body absorb them. Right. And so that's my theory on that of why exactly we see type two diabetics with higher levels of free amino acids in the bloodstream. Um, is that a proven theory? No, but, but, but I definitely, you know, dig around enough to kind of ask these questions to myself and curious to know what your thoughts are there as well. Now, as far as amino acids go, yeah, it's every single meal we have that has protein, it's going to break down into amino acids. Exogenously consuming amino acids is basically just giving your body Legos instead of fully built houses, right? When you eat a piece of meat, your body takes it and breaks it down into amino acids, reassembles them uh, into these different types of amino acids, and those carry out different functions in the body but it has to metabolize them first for that process to happen. When you give your body amino acids, like they are suspended in good idea, they're already broken down and ready to use right away, right? They're a bioavailable form. So uh, it's quicker for your body to put them to use for different functions. And in the case of good idea, that's for priming your metabolism so that it can help with blood sugar regulation with your meal, right? Mm -hmm. Some people are actually using it as a pre-workout or a post-workout because it contains leucine, which helps with lean muscle development, <laughs> right? And some people are using it as a caffeine alternative because if your blood sugar is steady, like you said, your energy levels are more steady as well. So it is a great option uh, instead of the afternoon coffee to have good idea with lunch. And then you won't have the afternoon crash. Um, you're, you're more likely to not, right? So um, that would be, I think, uh, in my opinion, sort of the controversy around amino acids. And to me, it's like many people I know that are in the prime of their health are also consuming amino acids as a supplement or via something like good idea, as well as, you know, naturally within the foods that they eat. Um, I think as long as you're getting your blood work done and see that there's no complications, then, you know, I think it's perfectly okay to have amino acids uh, separately. Um, what's interesting is we're, we're concerned about amino acids separately. But we're not concerned about like all the extra sugar we put into things as much. Uh, and that's kind of interesting focus. But, um, I'm curious to know though, uh, with amino acids, what other uses you use them for and your clients use them for? I, well, I'm so glad you asked that because number one, I do love using this good idea. Plus it's sparkly. So for those listening and they're not looking, we're holding a can of uh, this good idea that contains amino acids and minerals, which we're going to talk about pretty soon because another couple were just added that weren't in the first batch, which blew my mind. I was so excited to see it. But this is something that I love to do as a pre-workout along with something called C60. Those two things are my my superpower Um 
lifting heavy things workout buddies. So I always have those on hand, but because I, I don't always like to eat first thing in the morning if my workout's first thing in the morning. And so this is a way that I can give myself amino acids to make sure I'm not going to go catabolic and break down my own tissue while I'm trying to rebuild this tissue. So that's one thing that I personally use it for. But in my clients, like I said, I have a lot of people that are like, I see that you want me to eat like two to three every every two to three hours, but I just can't do that. Is there a way I can just get something in really quickly because I'm at work or I'm with kids or I'm doing hair, you know, whatever it is that they're too bombarded by the daily to-do list to prepare a meal or a snack. And so this really helps me advocate for them to, okay, just drink this in between your meals. And at least that's going to keep some avoidance of those highs and lows with the blood sugar, and then also prevent you from dipping into your own resources to um, withstand the the pressures of living because you are going to, your body's really cool. It's like you said earlier when we were talking about how the blood sugar works in the body. And if you don't bring it in, it's going to make its own, even in carnivore. If when they're taking in all of this meat, but they're not eating any carbohydrates, their body can still make carbohydrates. And so that's that's something that if you don't bring it in, the body will find a way to do it. And we don't want to dip into our own resources. We want to provide the raw materials so that the body says, yeah, I'm good. I have amino acids, so I'm going to leave your butt and your thigh muscles alone and not break them down <laughs> since you're trying so hard in the gym to keep those on, you know, so... Right. I find that it's really beneficial for those in-between times or those, um, I even love it for individuals that are like, well, I really want to fast. I like intermittent fasting. And I'm not a huge advocate of intermittent fasting for women. Now, men can do better with it. But I don't want a woman to put herself into stress mode with high amounts of intermittent fasting day in and day out. Maybe once in a while, that's fine. But you really elicit as a woman a cortisol adrenaline response that in the initial, you might feel really good because you're running on adrenaline and cortisol. And sometimes that feels really good. But in the long term can actually cause thyroid issues and adrenal issues and sleep issues in women. So this is actually a way that I can go, okay. If you're not going to eat anything, at least take in some BCAAs, which of course the controversy there is people are like, well, then you're not fasting because you're bringing in some sort of amino acid, you know, like, like a protein. And that's fine. That's my, that's my point is like, you can fast from other things, but still give your body the raw materials. So you don't have to break down muscle. So fasting doesn't have to be water fasting. It could be macronutrient fasting, but yet you're still bringing in amino acids. So I don't know if you've, if you've had any experience with other people that are trying good idea that might speak to that as well. Yeah, no, I loved so much of what you said there. And it's, it's, it's energizing to talk about this stuff, isn't it? I mean, when you were talking about first off exogenous things, our body can create glucose, right? That's sugar. Our body can't create amino acids, especially the essential amino acids. They're called essential and non-essential amino acids, non-essential. The body can create essential. The body has to have, or it's going to degrade your muscle, right? Mm -hmm. We know that's true. So if you're not taking it in, then you're breaking yourself down. So those are, you know, some of the BCAAs and we've got other amino acids that are essential within good idea. Additionally, the chromium, it's an essential mineral. Your body can't create on its own either. So those are things you have to consume through diet. Um, you can't kind of work your way around consuming amino acids. You must, it's a must. Um, and then what you said about fasting is interesting because yes, uh, if you're looking for, it depends on the goal of the fast, right? If you're looking for autophagy, which is a cellular cleanup, 
We know amino acids spike mTOR and mTOR stops autophagy, right? When, um, uh, when that happens. But if you're looking for a fast for weight loss, if you're looking for a fast for resetting your insulin levels, you don't need to be after autophagy and avoiding amino acids for that. Actually, Kristen Rowell, who's a bodybuilder, she does fasting with amino acids, with good idea, with minerals. And she was able to, in a, I think it was a three or a four day fast, gain two pounds of lean muscle and lose a percentage of body fat. Nice. And she was consuming amino acids that was keeping her going. I think she was also maybe having a little bit of ghee in there, but, um, but for the most part, not eating foods, just some powders and some, um, like exogenous supporters for her goal. And she was able to not only stave off muscle loss, which when you're doing an autophagy diet, you're not supplementing amino acids, you probably are going to lose some muscle. Mm -hmm. And I think people that have done that, um, long extended fasting without consuming any sort of protein or amino acids on a regular basis have found that it's very hard to continue to build muscle because you're constantly either eating your own muscle and then rebuilding the muscle and eating your own muscle. So, you know, if you're looking for autophagy and cellular cleanup, that's great. But for most people, I think they're usually looking for a reset of their metabolism, like their metabolic health and weight loss. You know, that's what a lot of people are looking for. So in that case, supplementing amino acids is absolutely a must if you're trying to do that. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's, that's what I would say there is, is it depends on your goal. So figuring out what your goal is for your fast and then figuring out what the rules are for that in regards to what impacts what, uh, and that's why working with you for coaching is going to be really helpful for a lot of people because it is very confusing. All of these pathways within the body, they're so very confusing. And so, um, you know, working with a coach that knows, knows better and how to, how to direct that based on your goals is, is really helpful as well. Well, thank you, because I'm so glad you mentioned the goals. That's so key. It's like you might be fasting for one reason, but yet you're following this person who's fasting for a completely different reason. Like you mentioned yep. autophagy, whereas you follow this blog or podcast or whatever about intermittent fasting and you're doing it for the weight loss, but they're actually doing it because they're trying to fight a, you know, a form of cancer in their body and they want that autophagy and stuff like that. So I'm so glad you mentioned that because chances are most people are doing it, or at least most women I talk to are doing fasting for weight loss purposes. And I'm glad you mentioned that bodybuilder because there's actually a study that said BCAAs may help you get rid of unwanted body fat more effectively. Competitive wrestlers consuming a high protein calorie restricted diet supplemented with BCAAs, they lost three and a half pounds more than those given a soy protein supplement over a 19 day study. So they mm -hmm. lost, I don't know exactly how much the study was that they lost in total, but it was more weight than somebody just right. on a, just on a protein powder. So this is an easier way to get it in and it's more effective. Um, but also the, the issue with uh, that a lot of people have is do BCAs affect your blood sugar? Because there's controversy on that too, such as you, you take it in and this is a form of, of amino acid that as we know, gluconeogenesis is making new sugar from amino acids. So have you seen any evidence on that or if it's done in the proper form, like in this case, along with minerals, is it going to be more bioavailable as just utilizing it as a building block versus affecting the blood sugar? Well, I think that's a brilliant question. Um, I think the mechanism is not really fully understood. I mean, we can assume based on the parameters that are studied 
what what is happening as far as the mechanism within the body, but we can't see yet as humans on a cellular level what exactly is happening with the cell, right? Um, so with amino acids, it's thought that they slow gastric emptying, similar to like apple cider vinegar as a good comparison there, um, but also that they help with um, making insulin more efficient at the work that it does. Now, um, that could mean that it's priming in regards to how good idea works, priming your metabolism ahead of your meal. It's getting insulin going, but not overreacting because when amino acids or a protein triggers insulin, it doesn't have as giant of a spike of an insulin response as if you have a carb that triggers insulin, which is where the theory of meal order, you know, comes in of people eating. It could basically is eating two meals by the exact same meal, but one meal you eat the bread first, and then you eat, you know, the salad or in the meat and the other one, you eat either the salad or the meat first and the bread last, they'll have totally different blood sugar results. And that's probably because, you know, uh, first off the carbs break down quickly, but then insulin sees blood sugar rise quickly from the carbs and then overdoes it. And then you see a crash and then you're craving again. So amino acids are known to trigger insulin a lot less than carbohydrates would. Um, but yeah, as far as exactly what's going on, we don't really know that. Um, there's different theories out there though, for sure. Well, but I think with just some anecdotal things we talked about on the last podcast, we can definitely see that people that consume like one of good ideas recommendations is to consume it with a meal, not even in between meals, but ma mainly with a meal. But I've had good evidence just consuming it at any time of day, even yep. if you're fasted, but with mm -hmm. a meal, it actually can help regulate that. And part of the reason is it's not just BCAAs. Like you mentioned, it's got minerals yep. in there that help balance the blood sugar. And one of them that was just recently added, which I was super excited when I saw, cause I, I took a step back when I got the cans this time around, I was like, wait a second, I don't remember it having potassium in it yeah. the first time that I got an order. And this time it did. And I'm like, potassium, that's like one of my favorites because there is so little um, talked about in the world of blood sugar and how potassium helps with the the idea of balancing out the blood sugar in the body. And with regard to balancing pH and fluids and being depleted by too much water, if people are hydrating too much, yep. you deplete your potassium, which is a mineral that balances blood sugar. It's It helps the liver with the, with the whole regulation of hormones. So it goes back to that hormone piece and it needs to be in balance with that sodium potassium ratio that a lot of people will hear about with hair mineral analysis, the sodium pump in the cell, which is like this little heartbeat of getting minerals in and out of the cell. If it's working efficiently then people are gonna feel good, that's that harnessing that energy. But if they're not, they're gonna have weak legs walking upstairs. They're gonna cry really easy and be emotional. They're gonna wake in the night and feel like heart palpitations and issues going back to sleep and feeling like high alert and panic almost. Potassium can, if that's out of balance, you're gonna feel stuff like that. So it, it even balances blood pressure. So if somebody's on high blood pressure medication, is it that there's too much stress in your life or could you actually just be potassium deficient? So long story short, I was super excited to see that there's potassium in there and tell me about that. Tell me about why you added the potassium. Yeah. So the, the U S brand has had the potassium and the zinc, but the Swedish original, um, did not. And the reason first, you know, we added it because electrolytes are so important to hydration. 
but also, you know, they help with taste a little bit too. Um, and we went with a more, like you brought up pH, we went with a more alkaline, uh, for a sparkling beverage. Like we are one of the more alkalines, like a, I think a LaCroix is like in the twos and we're like in the fours. So, um, it's definitely different in regards to flavor profile. I'm sure you've noticed it. It seems like it's sweeter on the tongue when it's not sweetened Absolutely. at all. There's yeah. zero sweetener. Um, but it's because there's less acidity, um, to it, but the, uh, potassium addition, obviously, like you mentioned, there's so many benefits to, to these electrolytes. Um, and then a zinc, uh, zinc specifically, uh, was for immunity, but also we know that zinc can help with, um, insulin sensitivity because it helps with the insulin receptors, uh, on the cell. So that's something that is, I think, noteworthy that could be tested further, um, in the addition to the original formula, which is the amino acids and the chromium picolinate that are in good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 98% of adults consume too little potassium. And I, I see it in my practice. Like they're talking about their feeling of angst and they're waking up in the night and they're having muscle spasms and all these different things. And I'm like, okay, we just got to work on your potassium. And it's that simple. It's uh, just getting enough. Um, and the best potassium sources are, you know, meat, seafoods, fruits, and vegetables, but because people aren't always eating enough or eating as appropriately as they should, it's a really good idea to get some other sources in. And as a, you know, yes, I'm a nutritionist, but I'm also a personal trainer. I'm constantly trying to get clients to have both BCAAs and electrolytes in one product. And that's kind of hard to find. You you wouldn't think that it would be hard to find in the supplement world today, but in the right ratios, like you don't want too much zinc on an empty stomach or you're going to feel it. You're going to yeah. be so nauseated. You don't get that with this. No. And you want that perfect blend of minerals too, because like that, that sodium to potassium ratio that's that we talk about, like with hair mineral analysis, that's what they call your vitality and stress ratio. It's how vital you are versus how stressed your body is. So if the sodium pump is working well, you're more vital. You're actually going to be anti-aging and feeling a lot better. But if it's not, then you're not going to handle stress well. You're going to feel angst all the time. You're going to feel that inner ball of tension going on. So yeah, is it just a can of of LaCroix? No, this is so much more because you guys have put together a really good blend that I love to recommend because it's actually going to do something and you're actually going to feel it. So talk to me about how, how I know we touched on just briefly the menopause aspect. We talked about PCOS, but you were mentioning hormones and how it helps balance blood sugar in women of menopause, because that's one of the major issues behind hot flashes and night sweats is the imbalance of blood glucose. So can you tell me about that? Oh, I thought I was mute there. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) With menopause, I mean, estrogen and progesterone, right? When we go through menopause, those start to fluctuate. And when those start to fluctuate, our glucose levels start to fluctuate. And when our glucose levels start to fluctuate, our weight starts to fluctuate. All of these things are connected. Right. And so if you balance your blood sugar levels, you are going to see reduced night sweats, reduced hot flashes, uh, reduced fluctuations in weight, which is, I think one of the biggest things women struggle with is that like, it's out of their control. They feel like they're on this roller coaster of like, I, my body is just not what it was and it's going berserk, but menopause can cause fluctuations in your blood sugar level, which then increases all of these other symptoms. Right. Mm-hmm. So keeping those, uh, keeping blood sugar under control can help with 
keeping the weight off and keeping your your body's senses more stable the homeostasis of the the sweating and the uh, waking in the night and um hot flashes so yeah a lot of my clients in menopause are saying oh, i'm having hot flashes in the night well what do you drink in the evening oh a couple glasses of red wine <laughs> i'm like well, could we switch to something else that's a little um, fizzy and a little nicer on your blood sugar, such as this? Because, um, yeah, the red wine is going to be a major trigger for for creating that estrogen dominance. Even in menopause, women don't realize that you can become estrogen dominant. And just because you the estrogen drops off after menopause doesn't mean it drops off to a safe level. It actually could stay elevated in a lot of women because the progesterone ratio also drops off so immensely. And so when those two in tandem are just cr- lower than they need to be, it still means one is higher, like that estrogen is still going to be too dominant yep. and we have to balance that out. And the really big recipe for balancing it out is balancing out the blood sugar. So yeah, I'm I'm so glad that you're touching on all these because it's more than just a drink in a can. It's The thing I love about the drink in the can is the convenience factor, because I'm sure you being a working woman and a lot of the people listening, I don't have time for getting my electrolytes in and getting my minerals in and getting my um, protein in. I need a way that I can do it when I'm on the go. And as much as I love people to be able to be at home and cook home cooked meals, we just don't live in the modern society that allows that convenience all the time. So something like this makes it available to you to have a much better choice in the event you come home, you haven't eaten for six hours, you're starving, and maybe you want to start with a good idea before you dive headfirst into the potato chips in the pantry and then regret it later. (laughs) Or maybe you have the good idea and you're not craving them as much because you're getting more amino acids. I mean, there's a thing about that too, with uh, high protein and satiety. Like we see it, like if you're prioritizing your protein in your diet, you're going to be snacking less. Similarly, the amino acids and good idea and chromium. I mean, chromium has been seen to reduce uh, cravings as well. Um, And I think for, for a lot of people, uh, it's, it's hard to, as you said, when you're on the go, it's hard to know exactly which factors are impacting what, right. We're like, Oh, I'm stressed. I'm grabbing some potato chips. Well, it could be actually that you just haven't had enough protein throughout the day. And your body is like, Hey, I need something to eat. Uh, and then it's, you're reaching for potato chips because at this point you're, you're so low on energy, that that's the, the best thing. Um, so I, I honestly think with, you were saying something about hormones in regards to protein earlier. Mm-hmm. And it made me think when you were talking about the the study that compared soy, uh, that, you know, soy is in, in another way, uh, can also mess with, uh, estrogen levels Absolutely. That as well. So when you're reaching for a, a protein powder or an amino acid or something like that, going for something like a good idea, instead of something that's soy based may, may also help with, um, hormone stability because it's not further impacting those hormones. Um, and then uh, when it comes to, um, the proteins for me, at least I protein load in the morning I have, it's kind of crazy, but I, I usually have about 60 to 70 grams of protein before I start my working day, because like you said, I'm really busy. Uh, and a lot of people may be doing only 30 grams, you know, cause there's, there's con- conflicting research about that saying like your body can only really utilize 30 grams. But for my body specifically, I find that if I have high protein in the morning, the rest of my day, I am not very hungry, you know? Um, and something like good idea, 
works wonders too in in regards to what you said about alcohol. We don't realize a lot of the times how much alcohol impacts our blood sugar and our insulin. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think it's, it's one to two drinks will actually with alcohol can actually spike your blood sugar at first, but after, after the second drink, it'll reduce your blood sugar. Cause now your body is processing in the liver, the, the alcohol, it can't utilize your glycogen stores, which is your stored glucose, your stored blood sugar that's in your liver. Um, so your heart rate, if you wear an aura ring or track your sleep, you'll see if you have a couple of drinks in a night, that whole night, your heart rate's probably going to be elevated. Uh, you're probably not going to get as much deep sleep, restorative sleep that your body needs. Uh, and then you're, you're going to see that with your blood sugar, if you're monitoring that as well, your blood sugar either dips really low because it's not able to utilize the glycogen stores that it would rely on while you're sleeping to keep your blood sugar stable while you're sleeping, um, because it's processing the alcohol, or you're going to see elevated blood sugar the next morning throughout the next day, probably. Um, so alcohol, uh, definitely big impact on blood sugar. I am curious though about alcohol's impact, uh, on hormone health. Cause I haven't really looked into that too much, but definitely I have on myself studied it on my fiance also, who was a pre-diabetic and is now in remission after monitoring his blood sugar for some time, uh, have seen the impact of, of alcohol specifically on, on blood sugar and sleep health. So that's fantastic. And going back to the, what you mentioned about eating a big bolus of protein in the morning, I think that's really smart. In fact, one of my protocols for leptin resistant, like if you are, if your leptin is low and your body's resistant to leptin or your body's just not getting the, the signal, the brain's just not hearing, I'm full, I'm satisfied. One of the best ways to remedy that is with a large bolus of protein first thing in the morning to kind of flood the body with amino acids and kind of reawaken the leptin response. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's great there's that's what I love about being a nutritionist is like every body is going to benefit in a bio-individual way from one thing that works for one person versus another because I have other clients that start their day with fruit all morning and then their lunch and their dinner is more of a protein focus so they can kind of clean house and eliminate in the morning and take in all those enzymes and minerals and then as the day goes on they reassimilate new nutrients like laying down the bricks and stuff like that so everybody's different but if if it's something that you definitely feel a difference, then that's what I love to hone in on. And I'm sure that you could talk at at length now about how to utilize the good idea within a meal, regardless of how somebody's eating, they can see blood sugar benefits because I love that good idea kind of has a protocol about like, you know, start it at this time before your meal and then finish it at this time. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I like what you said about bioindividuality too. I mean, there are studies showing identical twins react differently to foods and Mm -hmm. diets. So what does that mean for the rest of us? But as far as good idea goes, when you drink it with a meal, uh, if you're using it for better blood sugar, for metabolic health, uh, and energy, you're going to want to drink a third of the can before your meal, just a couple minutes before three to five minutes before drink that third and then finish the rest with your meal. And you're going to feel no after meal crash. Um, and of course we're recommending (laughs) eat a balanced meal, uh, no afternoon crash, and then also, uh, more energy and better blood sugar values. I mean, our, our studies showed an average of 25% reduction in postprandial glucose when you drink good idea with the meal. And that was without it containing the potassium and the zinc, which, you know, we've talked about have uh, merit for helping with insulin sensitivity and blood sugar as well. Um, If you are going to eat something like 
fruit just by itself, mm-hmm. just drink the whole good idea beforehand, you that's know, right. get the amino acids in. And then, um, you know, if you're going to have something that's carbs without any protein attached to it there, then just drink the whole can. Now, if you're drinking good idea for lean muscle, and we know, uh, leucine specifically is, is very big in right now in the community, people are really dialing into like how important leucine is good idea contains leucine and it helps with leaning, building lean muscle. So some people are drinking this before they work out. Some people are drinking it after they work out. We didn't do clinical trials on that because it wasn't the original thought behind the drink. Um, you know, but we are hearing people do that and are, are loving the fact that first off, like you said, it's hard to find an amino acid powder with minerals is what you said. It's also hard to find an amino acid powder without a bunch of sweeteners and junk in it Yeah, in general. Yeah. And one that's uh, already ready to drink. It's also, unless you're getting like a bang energy drink, which comes with a list of other things, <laughs> it, you're probably not going to find something as clean as this, um, without, without any of the junk and just truly what your body needs and nothing more. Right. Um, and it's not the only drink, obviously there's other functional drinks out there that are for different purpose, but in regards to having clean aminos and also, um, a mealtime beverage that helps support better blood sugar numbers and insulin sensitivity, this is really it. So, yeah. And like, I, I recently had a client who's like, can you put a supplement for, um, some electrolytes in my full script, but I, I can't have any sweeteners because the, this individual, this doctor I'm working with doesn't want me to have any, you know, thing to stimulate me in between meals. And so she wanted specifically something that was just, I have breakfast and I have something in between to balance out my blood sugar and get my electrolytes. But then I have nothing, no food until lunch. And I was like, yes, I actually do. So (laughs) that's where this came in because it is, it is just that there's no stevia, there's no monk fruit, there's no artificial sweeteners, but you are actually getting a slight sweet taste. That's really nice. And the, and the bubbles are refreshing too. I've always been a bubble lover. So lastly, before we wrap up, I did want to touch on just chromium piece once more, because Back in the day when I was doing bodybuilding, that was what I called the fat loss mineral. So it not only does it balance blood sugar, but you're going to see it in a lot of like stacks on fat burners and just different compounds that bodybuilders and figure competitors use. And that's because it does have the potential to help you burn fat. So I love that this drink is also something that yes, it's going to curb cravings, calm appetite, balance blood sugar. But on top of that, with the BCAAs and the chromium, you may actually see a little weight loss from it. Like we were talking earlier. Yeah. Yeah. We're really interested in doing a study on that specifically, like a, a longer term study. Uh, I think it was quoted at a few million dollars, so it's not in the budget right now, but, um, but it is something we're interested in because like you said, there's a lot of research out there for chromium specifically with, with weight loss. Um, and as we know, like a higher protein diet generally means less eating as well. And so if that's the case, then are people seeing, um, you know, pounds shed more easily drinking good idea. We don't have that information. We get customer stories though, about people saying like, I've swapped soda for this. Obviously there's a lot less calories, but even if they were on a diet soda kick, which had zero calories, um, seeing good ideas swapped people are saying that they've lost pant sizes, lost weight and reduced their A1C, things like this. So it's always really good to hear customer stories that 
you know, that they're winning at their goals. And this is something that's helping them. Like, that's why we're here really. That's our passion is really to help people with metabolic conditions or with, you know, PCOS is also a metabolic condition. It's, it's stems from insulin resistance. So, um, you know, helping people along with that, with something convenient, easy, um, that they can make a swap. I mean, cause putting some apple cider vinegar in your purse to whip out at a wedding, maybe not the best uh, thing to do. And maybe you'd be the least favorite guest at that at wedding party <laughs> based on the smells you're bringing about, but right. the good idea is an easy swap. And it's something you can uh, socially bring into a, a situation or a dinner party or something without it being too taboo. I mean, people bring hard alcohol or, or, or beers with them to things. Uh, you know, you don't have to drink that. You could drink something that's also good for you. And that could be a celebratory uh, beverage for you as well. So, yeah, I love that. Um, and to go back to a, a question you had earlier, cause you made me remember that uh, when you mentioned the alcohol at parties, um, alcohol and hormones, uh, with, with regard to testosterone in men, I know that alcohol consumption can decrease testosterone mm-hmm. production in men quite vastly. So swapping out, like you said, to something like this, which has the minerals that are going to help promote testosterone and promote libido and things like that and promote muscle growth in a man, those are all essential and in a woman as well. But yeah, that's something to keep in mind is maybe they want to swap out some of their alcoholic beverages to a better idea, a good idea. So <laughs> So as we wrap up here, I know we've talked about like the benefits of drinking good idea, but you've studied blood sugar so extensively. What are maybe outside of trying this for themselves, what are the three biggest needle movers you've seen with your own blood sugar journey that maybe you could offer to somebody else? Yeah. Exercise. That would be my number one. Um, because the more, like I said, build that lean muscle specifically in your legs. Those are your biggest muscles of your body. And it doesn't have to be weightlifting and doing heavy exercises. If you're like, Ooh, that's intimidating. It doesn't sound like something I want to do. I don't like going to gyms. Okay. Start with doing 10 minute walks after every meal. That's it. It's really not hard to do. And actually you'll find your mood is lighter too. Um, getting some vitamin D, which has also been studied for, uh, specifically menopause, uh, uh, helps as well. Um, and so I would say moving the body in an enjoyable way, whether that's weightlifting or not, but resistance specifically resistance training has been shown to significantly improve, um, hormone health as well as blood sugar and insulin. Uh, and then I would say also sleep, (laughs) sleep and stress. Those are the three, uh, it would be first, you know, obviously, exercise, then sleep and stress. And then third diet and prioritizing protein, which we touched on too. Very good. I love it. Yeah. I think you have a nutritionist in the making in your, in your future there. So, (laughs) um, and then uh, as always, last time we were together, I asked you my favorite question, which is, um, Audrey Hepburn has her famous quote. I believe that every day should have at least one exquisite moment. What's your exquisite moment today, Erin? Oh, this is my exquisite moment today. Are you kidding oh. me? It's always so good to talk to you. I would say on my day to day, my exquisite moment is either standing barefoot in my backyard with my chickens oh. in the sunshine. Like today is a very sunny day. Yes. So that's a good day for that. Um, yeah. Or time with family. So to me, anytime, anytime with someone that's quality time talking about your passions or sharing ideas is always an exquisite moment. So 
Yes, social creatures. We need our village to keep encouraging each other. So I appreciate you being part of my village today and being on the podcast. And hopefully my listeners will check out the good idea. I'm going to have the links um, and a promo code they can use for good idea. But if they want to learn specifically or reach out to you, can they do that? Is there a way to find you? Yeah, they can reach out to me. Um, my my direct email is hello at erinknight.com. I'll send that to you so you can put that uh, for them as well. Okay. Um, otherwise, uh, email info at goodidea.us for information on Good Idea. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, keep up the good work with Good Idea. You're doing a great thing. And it's something that I'm happy to continue to promote because I see the difference with it. So thank you. Always a pleasure. And thank you so much. Yeah, we'll do it again soon. Bye for now. Bye. I want to assist you on your health journey. I want to unlock your potential and help you become the best version of yourself. If your sleep is off, if your stress eating is high, if your energy is low and your gut is irritated, I would love to help you repair, relax, rest, and reignite your passions for life. I offer nutrition therapy and lifestyle coaching worldwide via Zoom, FaceTime, or Google Meet, and I believe in your bio-individual needs. No two persons need the same protocol, so as a nutrition detective, I will ask you a slew of questions to get to the why of your health conditions and provide solutions, tips, recommendations to fit your unique needs and your lifestyle. So if you're ready to get fit with Jodell, just give me an email quickly. It's getfitwithjodell at gmail.com. You can find that in the link to the show notes. And let's get you on the path to feeling your most optimal self. So you're dealing with late night sugar cravings, are you? Well, you're not alone. A lot of people are. And it's because of all the blue light stimulation after the sun goes down. Did you know that blue light can actually make you crave carbs after the sun goes down due to the stress from releasing cortisol? It's telling your brain this is noon and yet we've already had a noon today. So release cortisol because we don't know why there's so much blue light now that the sun has gone down. So a really easy fix to help your body stave off those sugar cravings and feel more optimal is with blue light blocking glasses. Now I have the day blockers on to where when I'm on my computer during the day, I can block any excessive blue light that I don't need. The sun gives us the perfect amount of blue light, but sometimes our devices have excessive amounts and that can lead to chronic sleepless nights and it can lead to a little bit more cravings for sweets and carbohydrates than we're used to. Then after the sun goes down, I put on my amber or reddish orange colored blue light blocking glasses that tells my brain this is night. It's time to wind down, release melatonin, not have any cravings because we're getting close to bed. So just by getting your light right, you can actually get your cravings right. So I want you to go to Swanwick Sleep. The link is in the show notes and you're going to use my code FITFOR10, that's F-I-T-F-O-R, the number 10, and save 10% off your purchase purchase of blue light blocking glasses either day or night whatever it is that you need but I highly recommend at least starting with the nighttime ones to end those sugar cravings or those little pesky like I need to snicky snack at night cravings they also have incredible 
anti-blue light bulbs for your, your home lights, as well as an anti-blue light nightlight. If you have children or you yourself like to have nightlights in the house, this doesn't emit any blue light. It's dimmable. It can be brighter or dimmer. Um, and it's wonderful to help children prevent myopia because if children are exposed to blue light after the sun goes down at a very young age, they can start to de develop the risk for myopia or nearsightedness. And there's published studies that show this. So make sure that you check out the link in the show notes and use my code FITFOR10 to save yourself 10% off of either the glasses or the bulbs or the blue, the blue anti-blue light um, nightlight or all of the above because in any world when we get our light right we're going to get our bodies right. <laughs>